How about a break? Radio check. Radio check. <laughs> yeah, do I got to check? Check. Check, check. Let me see here. The, the mics aren't coming in that good. Now, we haven't been in the studio here in two weeks. So let's I know. adjust this up. All right. Give me a little talk, talk. Huh? Talk CDL. Talk CDL. Breaker one night. Ruthann, what was your handle? What was your handle? Huh? You don't want to tell anybody what your handle was? <laughs> it was it was lightning. You were thunder, I was lightning. Yeah? Do you remember that? Yeah, because um, you were loud. When you'd see lightning, you would hear thunder. <laughs> All right. Well, guess what? We are back in the studio. We are. And we will not even edit. Well, we'll edit, but we won't take this out. Yeah. What do you have? This is going to be trucking news. Right. All right. And, so, and I'm doing a little bit more than just the week since we were gone for two weeks. Uh, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, what do you got in trucking, Ruthann? All righty. I have bad news. Uh, I could already tell by the look on your face. Carl got the boot, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, man, Carl. I know. He wrecked. Carl had a rollover. <laughs> he had a rollover on Survivor. Oh, no. He had the first Survivor rollover. <laughs> That sucks. No. It, so Carl got fired, huh? Yeah, but... He got he, termed? He, he, I wonder if they'll put that on his DAC. <laughs> he got kicked off Survivor, huh? What do you think? Oh, man. I was actually really disappointed. Well, I was how many are left? How many did he eight. get down to? So Carl got down to eight. He did like half the And they season. kicked off the trucker. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to boycott that show. Well, I don't want <laughs> it. I was going to say we don't watch it. All right. Not a big deal. Yeah. So Carl's gone. Yeah. He's out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, back to driving. You're not a millionaire, Carl. Get back in a freaking saddle, man. You got a load to run. All right. I think he chose. Like it was, it was his choice. Like he, he quit. I don't. He didn't actually quit. Maybe he got tired of hanging around with everybody on the show. Well, what he did is, I think it was Carl. Carl. He, I guess he had a choice to participate or sit back and eat nachos, and he decided to sit back and eat nachos instead of participate. And um, when CBS then asked him. How you know? Do you regret doing that? And he goes, not at all, because he was so hungry, and I guess that was instead of participating and doing that, he just I think his he felt his body was done, you know, like he he didn't want to continue. Well, that's you know, hey, Carl had to make that decision. I'm yeah, just, that's what I'm saying. I think it was something that he decided nicely to, you know, like that was his choice. I'm just gonna end it. I don't think he wanted to keep going. Okay, well, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad. You know what, Carl at least got on the show, and like I said, hey, he gave it a good run. I mean, time to get back in the rig, right? You, you, you had a good run. Well, for the last 13 years, he's been hauling chemicals there in the Houston area. So, oh, so he's a local driver. Um, I'm not sure how local, but I don't think he's he's OTR anymore. All right, Carl. No no big deal, brother. Get your ass back in the truck. All right. <laughs> What's next, Ruthann? Um, I get, wanted to give everybody an update. Um, if you're doing I-84 in New York, if it's something that you're frequently, then uh, there is... Re- Such a little road to I-84. Well, I-84, what they're doing is from Pennsylvania to New York, up actually to Connecticut, I think. Yeah, it runs from Scranton all the way across into Connecticut. Yeah, well, they're changing they're changing all of the exit numbers. Oh, really? Yeah, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because they're starting it, and they're going to hopefully have it finished sometime in 2019. But what they wanted to let everybody know is that they're going to run consecutive with the mile markers. Now. Right. You know, they've been doing that with a lot of interstates. I remember when they did 81 in Pennsylvania. And to be honest with you, I was so used to the exit numbers that when they did the mile stick changeover, a lot of people might not even remember. It's been probably 20 years since they flipped it. But when they did flip it, I was like, this sucks because I'm so used to the numbers, you know. But to be honest with you, it is better if it goes with the mile stick because then you kind of know where you're at on that interstate. Right. And that's one thing that they're saying. Like, for example, uh, at the I-87 exchange is 36 miles east of Pennsylvania on the state line, so the exit's going to end up being 36 instead of 7. Right. And the reason I'm bringing it up is to give the drivers their, like, get it start put in their head that it's gonna they're going to be changing their exit numbers. Cool. All right, guys. All right. You heard it first. Maybe. Maybe they, maybe they heard it in their newspaper. Uh, the hell knows. Who knows? But they heard it here. At least they heard it. Well, some of them might not do 84 that often. So, you know, they might be like you, so used to one way. And then they'll hear something different. And they're like, no, that's not the way it is. It's this. And 84 is a very common road. If you're coming north on 81, it's like a 30-mile difference. A lot of people, instead of running I-78, if you're going to, say, Boston or to Hartford or whatever, right, a lot of drivers, instead of running across 78, okay, and then up 
you know, through the GW and all that other BS, you know, run up 287 to the GW and all that crap, they'll run 81 all the way up above Scranton and pick up 84. Maybe a 30-mile difference, but you save usually a lot of time. It's a lot less BS traffic. And uh, drivers, you know, it's a, it's a lot more peaceful run. I used to run that way more than trying to go up the throughway or, you know, up 95, you know, to Boston that way. It was just, to be honest with you, a way more pleasant ride. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of drivers appreciate it, what you just told them. What's next, Rutan? The person that beat Amos Phillips. Oh, the Indian guy out mm-hmm. there in uh, Idaho at the truck stop. Right. He's He was indicted. He hasn't gone to jury yet, but... They're going to try and get him for assault resulting in serious bodily injury. Okay. So, and he's being tried at the tribal, right? Well, he has to go through, um, he's, I think it's going to go through both, but he has to start with the, with, with underneath the Indian reservation, the tribal first. Right. Um, is he locked up right now? On, yeah. Or, so you he know, is, he's locked up. He's going to be going to trial in about two to three months. You know, I feel bad and, for the trucker. Well, let me finish. Go ahead. The charge that he's get that they're going to try and do only holds a maximum fine of two hundred and fifty thousand, with up to ten years in prison, and three, three about three years of supervised release. So for destroying the the guy's career and causing him to now have seizures and be medicated for the rest of his life, this guy's going to get away with practically nothing, and that's what Amos is upset about. He said what, he's disappointed because he says there was no additional charges such as breaking and entering, attempted robbery, attempted murder. You know, why wasn't any of those types of charges brought against him? Because it was clearly those types of situations. He broke in his truck. He broke in to rob him. So that's breaking and entering plus the robbery. Attempted and then he beat him so badly he practically killed him. So that's what Amos is like. Why wasn't he getting charged anymore? Why is he just getting um, you beat me so bad you caused serious injury charge? Right. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to play the pointing fingers at groups, but it is a little ironic. You know, he's being tried by the tribal nation and he's not getting charged with much. It's kind of an odd, Mm -hmm. I'll leave that for everybody out there, but I will tell you, it sounds like BS, you know, to me, I don't care where you're being tried, whether it's by the military, by the United States or by the tribal nation, it should be, the crime should fit the charge and the punishment also. I Mm -hmm. mean, honestly, that guy intentionally broke in and beat this guy to a pulp. Like you said, he lost his career. He has seizures. He can't work ever again as a trucker. How old was Amos? Do you know? 64. So he's, you know, he's 64. I mean, that alone should carry a stiff penalty. You're, because the guy was in his 20s, wasn't he? The Indian? Yeah, I think he was. So you're you're attacking him. Honestly, look, let's be honest. There isn't many guys that are 64 that are strong as an ox. I know some of you guys out there that are in your 60s and 70s think, oh, kick your ass, Troy. And maybe you could. Especially if you're a flat better. But I'm telling you, most most guys that get in their sixties, they're just they're gonna you're gonna get weaker as you get older. So he really attacked somebody that was more defenseless. Not totally defenseless, but somebody that was an easier target for a twenty some year old young man. Well, not only that, but his bones weren't as strong. So yeah, that's why his face shattered, you know. He uh, he got so many different shatters in his face and stuff. But the reason they said that um, the prosecution, the reason they said that the other charges couldn't bring a, be brought against him is because there was no evidence. And then the guys of conf- what of um, attempted murder or breaking and entering or for robbery, attempted robbery. This supposedly it says Philip says he was told by the prosecutor's office that the evidence and Atticai's confession did not support other charges. So so they're going by what Atticai tells them. Yeah. Um, my handle on my cab was ripped off, and you were in my cab, and I didn't say you can come in. Hey, Mr. Prosecutor, I'm the criminal. I'll give you my side of the story, and then they buy that and not the victim. Oh, what kind of BS? I'm telling you, it sounds like a bunch of BS. This is, this is where it's like, okay, um, I'm going to spray paint the side of a building. I'm going to have spray paint in my hand. I'm going to have residue on my hand. I'm going to be standing next to the building. And but there's no evidence but of there's no ev- uh, Yeah. I have evidence of 
Because that's what I mean. The guy's inside his truck beating him. How did he get in there without breaking and entering? I mean, it, it, it really sounds like BS. Now, is is he going to be tried by another? Is it only the... It's still being investigated by the FBI along with the sh- the tribal... I, t- I say so, we get a petition. I say if you guys are listening out there, if this goes to where... What are the charges they're giving him again? Um, Robbery. No. That's the thing. One count of an assault resulting in serious bodily injury. That's it. One count And that of was assault. announced by Bart Davis, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Idaho. So one count of one assault. Count. That's it. One count of assault. Mm-hmm. He beat him so badly, his face was shattered. He has seizures now. He has a blood clot in his, in, in his brain. And that was serious bodily injury. Not attempted murder. That was just serious bodily injury. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. MMA wrestlers do serious bodily injury. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. No, it don't. Okay. But let's not beat a dead horse. Let's 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 see what happens. And I say if if the only charge they bring against this guy and the FBI doesn't bring up charges, I say get a petition and and try to help uh, Amos out. I mean, I, what, what else can you do? You know, when something is being unjustly treated Mm -hmm. and, you know, most people would agree that, you know, I guess it's who, you know, where you're at when crimes are committed. It seems like that in this country. And again, I don't want to be the guy going boo hoo. You know, I'm not pointing out groups or anything. I'm just saying it seems very highly suspect. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. very highly suspect. All right, let's move on. Because I don't want to get all ticked off over this, but we're going to keep an eye on this one. I want to. I want to keep an eye on this one. All right. What do you got? I have a driver that was arrested. No way. I know, right? A trucker? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I know. What did he do? He was trafficking fentanyl. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, he's trafficking fentanyl? You know, fentanyl is, they were showing the quantity, or the the quantity of of fentanyl, and that's the smallest dose that can kill a man. It's insane how powerful and dangerous. Well, fentanyl is, is fentanyl, no, I don't think it was. It was something, proto something that Michael Jackson was killed by. I don't think it was fentanyl. It might have had it in it. I don't know. But fentanyl is a very, very crazy drug. So talk about it. Let's hear it. Well, he was, he ha- they found the Massachusetts federal agents found 15 kilograms of fentanyl in his truck. It's a lot. Yeah. So what happened was the guy's from Stockton, California, and he was arrested in, in Sturbridge, Mass., and the reason is because, okay, it was it's an opiate. It's a potential, it's a potent synthetic opioid. Correct. 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 Cranky. Cranky. No, it's for real. It is. It's an opiate. We, know, we understand that. So anyways, what happened was, is there was a big investigation going on for a while. Uh-huh. On and this trucker? Not, Who's he driving for? It doesn't say. Ah, oh, dang it. So. I like when it shows the trucking company. No, it, it didn't say. I just love to create <laughs> drama. So, no, really? So, anyways, no, there was this investigation that was being done, right. and the DEA found, like, you know how they do different, when, when they, they do a bus, they get the cell phones or whatever, and they start investigating the cell phone calls. Well, that's what they did is they found his phone number on a phone that another, the people that they arrested, that they were, it was continual calls. I forgot how many calls the guys made. So... Oh, 38 times in October. So um, they basically found all these phone calls made between this driver, Nelson, and the people that they busted. So what they did is then they tracked his that phone number, his phone, throughout the U.S. to keep tracking him to find out where he was going. When they found him in mass, they found him trying to sell um, this, this stuff to someone there in mass and... Um, they were able then to, because that person just took off and ran, and then he dropped a bag of 15 kilos of it before he got into the woods. So they don't know who he was, but they found that he, you know, he did purchase it and dropped it. So Well, good for you, Nelson. You know, here's the thing. We, we, we've been talking lately about criminals getting the dumb gene. Mm-hmm. You know, many, I'm not going to call them truckers, many criminals use the trucking industry as a cloak. Right. I mean, we've had serial killer truckers. One, uh, 2015, I think, was arrested in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I remember the one in Texas. He had women chained in his truck. 
I remember the one that happened in Alabama. These are like serial killer truckers. Mm -hmm. You've got guys that literally will open up the back of their trailer and think they could skim off the top and sell product. Or put humans in there. Or or like you said, trafficking. And now now you got you got guys that are going across the country selling drugs. And I'm telling you, it when when you think you're doing well, I don't care how much money you made, when you get caught, all the money you made It's not worth it. It, it just became oh crap. Okay. And especially a sizable amount of opiates, you're going to prison for a long time. Yeah. You're going to lose your money. You're going to pay restitution. And then you're going to say to yourself, I was ahead 150000 now I'm behind 500000 I'm telling you, it just doesn't work out. But you know what? You can't get through to these guys. Honestly, I laugh at that. I laugh when these guys get caught. I really do. Nelson. <laughs> That's what I say. What else you got? I'm still laughing at you. Okay. My next thing is, this is where the, and this is a prime example why it's really good to have the dash cams. There is a company in Alabama. What's the name of the company? Um, you gotta have company names. Well, this it's it, they're they're not your normal. It's it's Just in, a small yeah. It's uh, they're in Daniela Daniela's uh, Alabama. Yeah, it is a construction company. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, yeah. It's just a little construction company. That's why I didn't really want to care about exactly what the name was. But here's what right. happened. They had gotten a big piece of equipment. Right. was stolen from their locked, gated yard. Right. So they thought, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to install these dash cams in all of our track, like all our tractors and stuff. Right. They only have a few. So that's what they did. They had front and rear face. And so they were able to see in the cabin. And they're motion out. detected even when you're sitting. Right. Yeah. And what happened was, is this guy got a phone call at like three or five in the morning saying, hey, um, the gate's been busted in, our yard's been compromised, and there's a tractor, there's there's a truck missing. Right. And they go, okay. So he comes in there, finds out not only is there a truck missing, but there's a ton of tools missing also. Well, because of this dash cam that they have, right. they were able to track it. Right. GPS wise. Was it one of their own employees? No. No. That's a good thing. Or was it a trucker? No. Well, no. Why, it was why just, is it on our on our? Because it was. It's a truck. It's a. It's a. It's a reason that it was because it happened to a tractor. No, I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. I'm understanding. You're just like. And how am I? Funny girl. Good. So, anyways, they're able to. They caught the kid. Right, it's just some skinny old raggedy little boy type of thing, you know, some druggy, because that's what he was doing. Is he was going to drug houses, pawning off the equipment, the tools that he had. <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> like Breaking Bad. <laughs> so yeah. Here's what's really funny. Yeah, is he tried to disable it. He tried to cover. He tried to do all this different stuff. Well, now the cops not only got him, but <laughs> they got the, the drug houses. They got the drug houses that he was at. So and. All the, the the druggies that said, "Oh yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll buy that you know nail gun or whatever it was." Yeah. He they just got arrested for receiving stolen property. So the construction slash trucking company prevailed. Yeah, because Ooh. they got their equipment. They they got awesome. all their equipment that was taken at this point. The only thing they haven't retrieved was the really big piece of equipment that was stolen prior to these dash cams. But why can't they find that? Because it was never um, recorded. Never found. No, it was never. How big traced. was it? Was it like a? They, he, bulldozer he's or not saying what it was. I can't find the bulldozer. <laughs> All right. They don't want to admit what went missing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was too big. But, you know, I just wanted to point it out there, drivers, you know, this is a, a good example where something could, you know, if something happens where it can actually save you from being in trouble later because it had the inward end that one. And, you know, like in Amos's condition, too, if he had an inward-facing cab mm-hmm. um, camera, camera it might have been able to That's true. video camera proving what happened to him inside his cab. That is true. So, you know, a lot of drivers are against the inward facing camera. And, and you know what? I don't blame them. I don't you know, a lot either, of drivers, the first still. thing they'll say is, what if my wife's from me? She's naked back there. People back there at the office, checking my old lady out. There's a curtain. Right. And actually, <laughs> when you're not, when you're, now it's supposedly they can't see you unless something happens, something abrupt or, you know, a heartbreaking or whatever the case is, an, an evasive move. But the companies that I know that have the inward facing cameras, I've interviewed a couple of their drivers and they said, you know what, honestly, I'm glad. And that's actually good for me 
then they know that I'm not doing anything wrong. But also, they don't mind you taking a hat or a shirt and putting it over the camera at night. Like, if you have your curtain open and your old lady's in the bunk and y'all aren't, you know, decent, you know, as far as clothing goes, the, the companies don't normally mind, okay, you know, you're on your off time, cover the dang camera up if you want. But like you said, that's a good idea. If Amos would have had a camera, you would have seen a hell of a fight going on right there. And therefore, it's probably not a a uh, a bad idea to have well that here's a, even the, for your own self buy your own camera and put it up. Here's another thing that they're finding with well, and that's tr- true. Yeah. You can get one that yeah, has cheap. use theirs that's maybe front forward to protect you from anything happening in the front. But what they're finding that the in the cab facing ones are doing is they're proving that their drivers are actually watching the road and not texting and not you know, falling asleep or doing something that they shouldn't have it because it's yeah, facing an in. Yeah. Right. So they're seeing like if there's a, a quick break, not only are they showing that uh, the car in front of them like did it or someone cut them off, but they're showing that the driver was actually visually, visually paying attention. Well, believe to. it or not, you're absolutely right. And you know, y'all heard that. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say it one time, but, <laughs> but the bottom line with that is it's really proved more guys' innocence than guilt. Right. Okay? Especially when they had the outward-facing ones mm-hmm. where a lot of these four-wheelers, and let's just say it, a lot of four-wheelers, they'll come off the get-on ramp, and they'll squeeze in where the truck driver gave a little cushion, mm-hmm. okay, in traffic, and you get some dumbass four-wheeler. He'll fly in traffic, jam his brakes on, get rear-ended. And do you know before the camera how many truckers seriously lost their job some couldn't get hired because of a rear... I, I remember 10, 15 years ago before most people had any cameras. And I, when I was working for trucking companies inside, if you were a trucker and you rear-ended a, a, a vehicle, the, the rule of thumb was you should be in control of your vehicle at all time and you should have been able to prevent that. Therefore, right. your fault, you're fired, it's going on your deck. That, and so many guys got screwed mm-hmm. for something that was not their fault. And now... I've seen so many, and I'm going to tell you, not only does a, uh, a four-wheeler make a dumb move, but we've, they've also showed where some of these guys purposely yeah, they did. are Just scamming week, trucking yeah. companies. Oh, you got a pot on something like no, that? No, no, I don't. Okay. I, last week, there was a video where it was like a, some kind of van. Remember, did you see that? No, I didn't see it, but I've yeah. seen many of them where they're like, stop. I think it's they're on like, our site, It's babe. like they're hitting their brakes 500 times. Well, I, I think don't, it's on our site, like, I can't keep up with this stuff on <laughs> But it's CDL. like where they, they, there was a van, and it kept doing it, and it kept doing it, and it kept doing it, and all of a sudden, I think the driver just went and smashed him because he, he couldn't, he, the driver kept doing it. Oh, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen, it's just insane. But the good thing is you've got a camera now that shows, hey, it's, it's, this is not anything to do with the truck driver. Even if the company don't provide one, I would suggest any driver getting them just to protect themselves. Because just recently, even in the last year or two, there's drivers that are still not because the company doesn't have one and they don't have one. They still get charged like that. So they're still getting um, backlash because they can't prove that it was not them because they didn't have some other visual proof like the cameras or something like that because the company, the what company we, didn't have what it. do we pay for that little garmin 40 bucks oh it was oh ours yeah it's like ours a little a garmin yeah, it's it's a garmin no it's not it's a, what is it it's a garmin no it's not what is it garmin's on gps map honey but it's ours, a garmin dash cam no it's not it's not no okay it's it's like unidin it's oh yeah, is it, it? But it was only. Was it Unidin? I think it's Unidin. Unidin's great product. That's what my CBs. Ours. Were. I'm not saying that it's bad. It was just a cheaper one. Unidin makes. They had other COVID. ones. Yeah. So, anyways, what I'm getting at is, you see how good our dash cam works. Yeah, it's just it's, the nighttime vision's not the greatest. I don't think, is it? Well, we only just discovered the nighttime <laughs> vision button. Okay. We're still trying to figure ours out. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but, but let's be honest. You know what? For forty bucks. That facing inward, because you can make it wide camera, and you could put, you can hide it to where nobody really even knows it's in there. And if you're sleeping and something happens, you have proof if you live, you know. But the bottom line is, uh, for their own protection, you're better off, drivers, making sure you do get a recorded. I mean, it's we're in that era right now where the eye is on everybody. Why not get your own eye on your own self? It's your protection, literally. It, it is. It's, okay. your, it's your profession. It's your protection. But that's up to y'all. You know, if, you, if y'all don't believe in it, don't. And then someday, if you need it, you'll say, damn Man, it. I wish I had that. Damn it, Troy. should have listened to Why it. is Troy always right? And no, Ruth Ann was say. right that one time. <laughs> also, 
All right, go ahead. What's next? Remember when we were talking about the oldest truck stops and so forth? Yes. Do you remember the one that was in the boondocks? Boondocks truck stop? I don't remember it now, but I do mm-hmm. remember you had like five or six mm-hmm. on the list. Yeah, boondocks truck stop was one of the oldest ones, what, and it was out of Iowa. No, no, oh. they actually closed up, and someone else bought them. A small company in um, a small fleet owner in Fresno, California, bought it, and he's going to bring it back. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I hate to see a company, you know, because these were like over 100-year-old truck stops, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yeah, it was off of I-35. It's been closed not quite a year or somewhere around the year part. Wasn't wasn't the oldest like from the 1800s, like 1887 or some crap like that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So Boondocks is going to be reopening. So you heard yeah. it here, maybe first, on Talk CDL. Boondocks. And where was it at? What state again? It's in Iowa. I thought you said Iowa. Near Williams, Iowa. So near Williams, Iowa. Off we, of I-35. You have a, a gentleman from California mm-hmm. that went ahead and purchased that, and he's trying to reopen it. So, wow. Yeah, he said all they're, all they're going to do is kind of update some of the stuff inside. What a blessing, um, man. You know, like maybe just make it more natural, but still update the equipments and stuff and um, clean up the property. And he said, other than that, clean up the property, bring it up to date. Praise I guess God. it's structurally, awesome. it's all good. Really beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else you got, Ruthann, in trucking? Um, DOT, DOT is raising their fines for the trucking regulations. Yay! I know I'm it kidding. sucks. Seriously, but yeah, and the reason I'm bringing it out because there's some, I was like looking at some of these. And I'm like, holy cow! Some of them are like what just do you got? ridiculous. Like a few hundred. Some of them are not much, but you know, some of them are actually like you could act Does a good five hundred. Um, here, out of service order, failure to cease operations as ordered. It used to be 26126 Now it's $26,659. $26,000? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's for a guy that got, you know what that is? It says out of order, ceasing to, to stay out of order. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that gets put out of order and then drives anyways. Right. So right. he's getting. And that was just one of the big ones, and I threw that out there. Well, so. look, let's be honest, okay? If, if you get put out of order and then you brazenly get back in your rig and drive it and you get caught again, Honestly, I don't care if it's a hundred thousand dollar fine. You have no, you have no leg to stand on there because you got a tag. You were told you got twenty four hours or whatever you were put out of order for. You need to abide by that no matter what. Yeah, the biggest ones right now, really the 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 huge violations are the ones that are like for hazmat. If you're violating hazmat requirement stuff, like anything to deal with that, those are like, they're, they're triple digits, literally like, or not triple, but they're six digits. Hazmat. Um, yeah. Like six digits. Yeah. If violations of hazardous material regulations and safety permitting regulations, death, serious illness, severe injury to persons, obstruction oh, yeah. of property, that's $186,610. Well, didn't you just did a pod on mm-hmm. the guy in, uh, I don't know. Was it, Montana or something like that. He was a uh, trucking company. Mm -hmm. He was hauling, said he was hauling slop oil, but he really was hauling something else and it it exploded. Did it kill somebody? Serious injury. Serious injury. Each person that got seriously injured, he's going to have to pay almost, well, at least $186,000 for each fine for that. And then there's other fines that will go on top of that. That's why it's like. Plus he did a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, he's going away for a year. He's going a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also like violations of the uh, CRs for brokers is like going up, looks like 200. So, I mean, there's like a bunch of them that are just, there's, they're raising each one mm-hmm. anywhere from a few hundred to more. So okay. watch what you're doing, guys. You don't want to have to pay more in fines. Yeah, because you, can't, you can't tell the guys that are breaking the law that. They'll just do it anyway. Well, no, some of them are like, you know, 400 and some dollars because, you know, li- like some of these little ones, there's, you're still going to end up getting charged with it because it was like out of service and all that other stuff. Not meaning out of service for your vehicle, but for like you, you get fines for those kind of things. They're raising all those stupid fines. Yeah. Okay. Well. So, but Pennsylvania is seeking feedback on their truck parking. So this is, you're moving on to something Yeah, I else. moved on. Pennsylvania wants to know about their truck parking. Right. You know what's funny? Hmm. Pennsylvania, we're from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania shouldn't even have to ask. All you got to do is look on your damn ramps. And that's where everybody's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, I've actually been woke up on up on 80 in Brooks, Brooksville, Pennsylvania. Okay? I was sleeping on the ramp the one night. Bang, bang, bang. It was a cop. Get moving or I got to find you. At least he at least he didn't write me up that guy. But many guys have gotten tickets for sleeping on the ramps. Uh, you know, and because there was nowhere else to sleep. And I want to tell you something else. You get a trucker, all right? You're coming across the country, especially on 80 in Pennsylvania, all right? 
Exits are far and few between. There are truck stops. But you may come to an exit where I don't got a truck stop for 100 miles or 50 miles, and my eyes are dropping and I'm falling asleep. I would rather that guy pull onto the ramp and get some sleep than try to push it. And there should be some kind of a leeway. Okay. In fact, you know, to be honest with you, if states realize one thing, truckers invented the sleeping on the ramp thing. It's almost, I'm going to coin this great idea. You guys are always looking for great places to park or, or build parking lots for truckers. Just start widening and putting up your ramps wider. Start putting lines, parking lines, maybe 20 feet to the right of your get-on ramps and allow truckers to actually park and put signs up that say for semi-trucks only, okay? And allow the truckers to start parking on those ramps. But it wouldn't cost you much to clear a little bit to the right, pave it, and put that in for the big rigs. Guess what? You won't have to worry about truck parking anymore because now we actually can legally utilize those ramps. Well, I agree with you. They should let it, it they're not in the way of anybody. Yeah. When people are coming on and off the ramp, it's not like they can't see past them because they're... So what does Pennsylvania want to know? Does it actually say... Yeah, I, I was just waiting for you to get done babbling. All right, I'm done. Okay. So some of the questions that they're asking include what parking technology, such as mobile apps and roadway signs, are doing right or wrong? What is needed for a successful truck parking area? And what is needed to attract drivers to privately owned operated facilities? Um, how an appointment system or staging area help reduce short-term parking demand and more? So what they're saying is you can go online to PennDOT, and they want this information literally by December 12th. They just put it out, and, like, they're giving drivers less than two weeks to put it. So. All right. Let me say this. Privately owned parking lots are going to want to charge the trucker. Okay. For example, the first time I ever went to the Detroiter, and there was a, a TA, I think, up in Connecticut on 84. I think it was on 84 or 90. I think it was on 84. That they wanted to charge you 20 bucks for parking for the night. Okay. Truckers cannot afford to pay 20 bucks to park somewhere every damn night. You can't. If, if, if you, I'm going to tell you something. It's only a matter of time. If you get all of a sudden, hey, uh, uh, Honest Joe down the road got a truck lot that he, he charges 30 bucks a night for these truckers. It's better than a hotel and cheaper. Hook, hook. He's making millions a year. And guess what? Now everybody starts putting this bullshit up. And now every night. Truckers are now having to pay to park in a, at a different place here and there. I'm telling you. And you know what? I remember working inside of trucking companies when truck drivers would be like from New Jersey. Or they would be like from Nashville. And when I, the reason I'm mentioning Nashville and New Jersey in certain areas of the country, when you go home, if you live there, you don't have a place to park your truck. I remember... I remember uh, working for this one trucking company. They were looking to hire some local drivers and some regional drivers in New Jersey. And it was a big hiring area in New Jersey. And everybody that you talked to did not have a place to park. What they did have was Honest Joe down the street that owned a parking lot that charged the truckers X amount while they were home. So now here was the big struggle. Hey, Mr. Trucking Company, will you pay to have your truck parked? On the weekends, it's $100 a month or whatever the case is. Hell no, we're not going to do that. That's the driver's responsibility. Next thing you know, the driver's saying, well, screw that. I can't afford that. If I'm going to come to work for you and then i got to pay to park your truck near my home, I can't afford it. I'm going to go broke doing that crap. I'd be better off staying at the job I'm at. And they were having a rough time in these areas because the trucking company didn't want to step up. Okay. And to be honest with you, at that point, the trucking company really should recognize maybe I should have a yard there or something, you know, just for the benefit of that trucker. Or, or, or if I have a huge customer in that area, maybe I should. And I don't get me wrong, I don't think a trucking company should have to buy real estate like that clown was suggesting out there in Midland, Texas a couple weeks ago. But I do believe that that's your big struggle. And when you get truck parking now being charged back to the working man, back to the driver, it's a mess. And you're not... I don't see how 
you can tell a trucker you got to pay 100 200 bucks a month for truck parking no i don't think any I don't, I don't think a driver should have to pay for it i think if any oops sorry i think if anything that you know if there is an area in jersey and you have a lot of companies that like a customer mm-hmm. you know either the customer get and buy a piece of property and say i have uh you know the driver can park here on my lot and it, it not cost anything because they're hauling their freight you know yeah. or Customers you know really help out. or if it's not if it's if it's something to where there's the customers themselves are not near there or or having that but you have a, a bunch of companies that that's where their main running is is up in that area and they have drivers that they want to hire in that area you know, if you get five of your biggest trucking companies, it's a drop in the dime for them to split up the costs and, and, and have something put up there and gate it for all five company drivers to park in. You know, there's companies in, like, say, I'll use Allentown, for example, big Nestle plants, Kraft, and all that stuff. They got huge, gigantor parking lots, right? They can cordon a section off. And what, I, what I'm getting at here is I'm just making a suggestion, by the way which is usually a really good suggestion, okay? But what they can do is they can cordon off an area and say to the trucking companies that are big customers of theirs, look, we know you have 10 loads a day that come in here, and these guys are out of hours, and sometimes they don't have parking down at the Bandit. You know, like, for example, Allentown doesn't have crap for parking, so as long as you cover insurance while they're on our parking lot, if the liability is yours, they can park here for free. They're, your, they're our customers. They're your drivers. They can stay here for free. It could be problem solved. And, and again, I don't know. Maybe Nestle's and those guys don't mind the driver taking their 10-hour break there. But I don't think a lot of them want them once they deliver. I don't think they want the guys staying on the lot. But I'm telling you, you start that that really ticks me off when they write, oh, let's, are these apps working, or private-owned parking lots? You're going to see them springing up more and more. The more people think they can make money off the big trucking company. See, you're, you're not making money off the big trucking company, though. You, you're, you're hitting the trucker. Well, that's the thing. That's why they asked. He, he says, what is needed to attract drivers to that? Well, if you're saying, no, you're not really going to attract any drivers because what you're doing is charging them too much. Free. That's stupid. Free. Do something else. Hey, state of Pennsylvania, we have state game lands. We have all these different things in there. Go ahead. State game lands? Well, I'm not saying. <laughs> take away the hunting? I'm not saying to take away. I'm just saying there is property there that's owned by the state that you don't have to, you know, maybe animals don't live in it. It's a city-owned area. They can take some oh, and turn it into an a, a, a building, like the old rest stops. Look, I, look. Bottom you know, line. They don't own the, they, all the rest stops are, are closed right Hey, you look at the size of Jacksonville. They have... Hundreds of square miles of untouched property. Mm-hmm. Just hundreds of square miles. They could put up a freaking couple football field long parking lot, okay, and uh, literally take away. And I don't think Florida really has a major trucking truck parking I problem. Tell you. Okay, I don't think Florida does because every time I go by most of the rest areas or the truck stops, there's always seems to be park parking spaces. It's the northeast where the big problem is. That's well, really, because there's more freight that goes in and out of it. Yeah. So, anyways, that 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 uh, go to pen dot go to, go to their online survey and fill it out and tell them what you think about their stupid privately owned parking. Yeah, go ahead and voice your opinion over there, especially if there's a comment section. Give suggestions and and let them know what's going on. Because again, I'm going to say this one more time: if you're a trucker and we get to the era where almost every day you have to pay for your parking, you get these guys that are staying out three, four weeks at a time. That's almost 30 days you got to now pay for parking. And if you're paying 20 bucks a night, okay, 600 bucks a month just to park? Are you serious? Never going to happen. They'll quit. They'll go, they'll go uh, work at Burger King for better wages because everybody's got their hand in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Go on. All right. Um, CVSA policy stresses that inspectors shouldn't interrupt off-duty drivers for random inspections. They say that is not something that they wanted to do ever. But evidently, they found that people were being inspected when they were sleeping, when they were off duty. These drivers will all of a sudden get some, some one of the the. We know that goes on. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, they are saying that it is not supposed to be going on, that they're stressing to them that you need to stop going and doing inspections on drivers that are off duty. There's videos of drivers going, hey, man, I'm on off duty here, dude. You can't. In fact, I'll tell you who else is a bunch of idiots, okay? I'll tell you who else is. The state of Virginia. Now, I don't know if they still do this, but they. You've got to see. He's actually showing his fingers and pointing at me like he's like. <laughs> no, it's true, though. The, the state of Virginia has a four hour rest stop. Um, rule. Okay. Now, I don't know. This was years ago. I think they still have it where they will knock on your door. Okay. And interrupt. This is federal. The deal, the, these hours of service are federal. And these state cops will knock on your door. Okay. And they'll tell you, you've been here four and a half hours. You need to go or you're getting a fine. That's what they used to do. I don't know if they still do that or not. That is. That is, that is BS now. You're interfering with a man that's off duty. He had nowhere else to go. He pulled into the rest stop. And now you're trying to overrule a federal law by making a truck driver move when he's illegally doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the same with these DOT inspectors. That's what he's saying. Basically, it's, right. it says inspectors can still interrupt drivers when they're parked illegally and need to move their truck. But when they're parked in a safe location, a rest stop, the prohibition... The prohibition is to not wake the driver to complete an inspection. So basically, if the driver's there and they're in a safe spot, they're supposed to leave the driver alone. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there that they, they know. This so guy now Mooney knows that there's an issue. Well, who's the guy that actually is saying this? His name is Mooney. Right. Um, so is he with the feds? Colin Mooney is an executive director of the CVSA. Okay, so he's actually now saying, listen, you guys. I'm your boss. Stop waking these guys up. You know what? Maybe when they're parked right and they're doing everything they're supposed to do, do not interrupt those drivers. If they're illegally parked or they're doing something illegally and they need to move their truck, that's a different story. Wake them up and get them to move. But if they're not doing anything wrong, leave them alone. I say what they should do is start, you know, you know, it ticks me off when everybody records cops, but I'm saying if you're legally in your bunk on your debt, your, your, your uh, time off, and someone's trying to tell you, hey, I'm pulling you out here to do an inspection on you. I'm telling you, man, record it. because In-facing in ca in cab. In, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Get the in-facing cab camera. That's a good, another good use for it. See? But I'm just saying, record it. Because yeah. if you get enough of these guys, I bet you can get yourself a good class action suit against these guys. Because they should not... In fact, the big stink is safety, that these guys are getting rest so that they can sleep and not kill people on the damn road by falling asleep. Right. You're going to pull them out for a two, three-hour inspection or whatever you're going to do to these guys. You just interrupted their sleep, and when they got to get up in a couple hours to go mm -hmm. driving and they get into an accident, guess what? Now we got you on recording making them not sleep. Mm -hmm. Bing, 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 bing. Cash me in. Go ahead, Ruthann. What do you got next? Last but not least, beware of what you sign for. There's a there's a clause in that these brokers are doing right now. Yeah. That evidently some people were never. It's new what? to the point where people like the way they're sliding it in there. What they're doing is brokers are making people. You know, when you sign your contract, that you're going to be using these brokers. Right. There's a clause in there that they can use that says that. Um, if there is a cargo claim mm -hmm. that the brokers can refuse to pay you then for hauling that freight if there is an issue with the cargo. Um, it's their way of offset, offsetting it. So there's this person that had in Florida that had two, load, two or three loads that they used for this broker, and they delivered them. Well, the one load that the brokers are refusing to pay them for um, because of this, evidently there was, they're trying to claim that there was a cargo claim on it. And there could be a claim. You just don't know. Well, and now the driver's getting blamed for it and the trucking company's having to eat it. Is that what it is? Yeah. The trucking companies are eating it that are using the brokers, but it's really has nothing to do with it. It's a cargo insurance person. I wonder thing. if CH Robinson or any of those big brokers are putting that in there. Um, beware trucking company. It Check said, it out. It actually gave the name of it. Let's see. Of the actual broker? Mm -hmm. Hold on. I'm, I'm just reading through it real quick. Yeah. Well, there should be cargo. Bennett, Bennett International Group. Bennett International Group are the ones that are making, putting this little clause in, mm -hmm. in the contract stating mm -hmm. that if there's a cargo claim, we're going to go after you instead. It's called the right to offset clause. And it's they give the broker the ability to hold freight payments to offset the cost of any cargo claim. And such clauses he believes are intolerable given appropriate cargo insurance. So it says that if 
there is even a whiff of a cargo claim. The brokers with such clauses in place feed subsequent loads to the carrier with no intention to pay. So it's purposely being done. Oh, so they're actually purposely using that to stiff the, the trucking company. Mm-hmm. Trucking companies, be aware and make sure of your contracts at this point. If there's, In fact, to be honest with you, when, when they have you sign these contracts to haul, normally they have to tell you of any changes also. And a lot of times people don't really look at the changes. Now, I don't know if every time like you're booking a load with this t- particular broker, they probably fax over the thing you got to sign it each time. And that's probably where they're getting you. You think it's just a typical contract, and then you're getting screwed out of a load. Next thing you know, you pay your driver, you pay for your fuel, and you don't have any money coming for that load. So I would tell everybody, be careful of what you sign. You mm-hmm. really should. It's, you know, I'm going to tell you something what I hate. Everything, even on the computer, like you'll get a thing that you have to agree for Microsoft or for Excel. Oh, I know. And then you end up getting and, Yahoo And or it'll something. say, <laughs> click here to agree to our terms. And if you want to actually read the terms, you'll be there for three hours. Reading all these lawyers. I'm going to tell you something. A contract that is not understandable by the, by the average man should not be allowed. Every contract should be a simple contract. Here's the simple terms, but instead they make such little fine prints that really, to be honest with you, those contracts that you signed that somebody else made, it's advantaged them all the way anyways. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. So be careful. Watch what you sign, especially, you know, brokers have always had a, a, a lot of brokers have had a sleazebag um, reputation. Not every broker is a bad guy, but a lot of them have a sleaze bag reputation, you know? So it is what it is. If you're a broker, try to be a little bit more honest. Ruthann, you got anything else? I'm going to give a little trucking history All right. since we're on the subject of, of um, some people having to use brokers. Does it feel good to be back? Yes. Does it? Yeah. Back in Florida. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, it was warmer up until today because today we got a cold front coming through. Right. But, but, you know, we were in Pennsylvania for, what, 10, 11 days? Yeah. Doing a little hunting. Yeah. Well, up in the mountains. Were, I wasn't hunting. No, you weren't hunting. You were at home in the warm house. I was I was still freezing. Yeah. Yeah, your brother doesn't believe in heat. No, he believes He's in a heat. Mountain it's man. just that he they don't, they don't their turn. heat is a different idea. He's got one of those pellet. Heat. He's got a pellet <laughs> stove and and you know, what's really cool about your brother is like that den downstairs. It's like the hunter's dream, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's got that pellet stove downstairs that heats the house barely. Well, okay. no, they don't. They they have. He doesn't crank it up. No, well, I it's it's, it's not like his wood stove. It's not like yeah, it's not because the way the heating is, it's it's distributed differently. So but, I don't you get know, that. When you're when you got that northern blood, you know, seventy degrees is oh, it's warm here. But you know, seventy what? degrees to me is like I'm chilled. Where's my sweater? But think about this: <laughs> your your other brother, he just got a pellet stove, and we went over to visit him. That really wasn't that warm either. People don't understand when you have a wood burner. People think, oh, because it's so much damn work, right? I, mean, I don't know how we're talking about this, but anyways. Because <laughs> I was started something and you went off on your but little But everybody <laughs> thinks because the wood stove, either you got to chop wood or you got to buy wood. You don't realize, I think he pays, I don't know, 200 bucks a month for pellets. He buys a pallet a month or something like that. So you got to now pay a lot of money. Plus, it was five grand to put that pallet, pellet stove in that he uses. So he went from a free wood burner that he was getting free wood. And it took a little bit of work, big deal, right? It was free to thousands of bucks. And I was like, and it doesn't heat as good. No, they're not happy. Oh, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either. I just spent a lot of money to get something that doesn't no, work as much. They liked the wood burner a lot, but, you know, he's getting up there. Beware of pellet. He's, get, he's oh, getting he's, up there in age only, where. What is, how old is he? 58. He's not, he's not old. Okay, listen. But I mean, beware he had he had a, he had a, an injury, so he was trying not to use his back and neck and all that stuff. Oh, whatever. Wood, so shush. Whatever. Hey, anyways. beware of pellet stoves. <laughs> so, anyways, trucking history. The number of registered for hire carriers in 2011 was 408,782. Right. Whereas private carrier fleets numbered 622,544. Mm-hmm. And 168,680 were other interstate motor carriers. More so or less 400 and some thousand regular carriers and 600 mm-hmm. and some thousand private carriers, which mm-hmm. is like mom and pop owner operators, you know, blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah. 
Hence the reason I was saying about the broker. So 97% of all four hire fleets are 20 trucks or less. 90.5% of all four hire fleets are six trucks or less. And then 50 plus percent of all four hire fleets are thought to be one truck operations. So watch your your broker freight if you're these one truck operations because that's 40 percent or 50 percent of of our trucks on the, on the road you know going back to that let me tell you what happens they have that dat the dat mm-hmm. and what happens with a lot of these drivers that are on the road okay there's a load that pays this i'm going to grab it right and you're in a hurry you don't take your time and you sign that damn contract mm-hmm. that allows them to screw you over a cargo claim. You guys need to sit down and get that straightened out before you sign one more broker contract and get yourself in a lot of trouble on a claim. Mm-hmm. It may not have happened to you yet, but if you're doing a lot of broker freight, yeah. be careful. It's coming. It's too many too many people out there willing to scam so much just for so little. Nobody, you know what I mean? You, Look, these, these brokers are willing to scam and stab people in the back for, for really nothing. A scammer doesn't care that you're a working man. No. They don't have pity on you at all. In fact, you're like the sheep. I'm telling you. Bah. Bah, you're the sheep. Don't be a sheep. Okay? <laughs> Ruth, you got anything else? Van trailers are the most common trailer pulled. The majority of owner-operators pull flatbed or reefer. Yeah, see, owner-operators are smart. They are. I'm not saying company drivers are dumb. I'm just saying, you know, and, and, you know, I've talked to many drivers over the years, and a lot of them are like, I just want to pull a van, no touch, one stop, one drop. Well, that's the cheapest there is. You'll never, you'll never make a lot of money doing that. If you're looking to make money, regular drive-in freight is not where it's at. I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now. Like you said, flatbed, money. Reefer, money. Mm-hmm. LTL freight, multi-stop, money. Touching freight, money. Here's the thing. Everybody will stop purchasing major product if if the economy goes slow again, right? We're not going to be buying all the extra stuff that the vans are going to be high, pulling, but we're always going to need food that those reefers are going to be pulling. No matter what, there's always going to be food being moved. Yeah, well, but the bottom line is it, it does pay more. Reefer freight always pays more. It's time sensitive, right. usually, yeah. So, but anyways, is that it? That's it. Yay, we're back. We're back. And I only cut you off like five times. Uh, I think. I don't know. Maybe more. I wasn't paying attention. Was it more? I don't know. I'm just excited about being back. I know. Yeah. I, I've got like you know, we haven't even one, two, three, four. I've got four pods set up on my desktop here to start to, to cool. get information on. Good. See, I literally haven't even, I think we, we just um, uploaded a pod that's going to, well, it'll be. It'll be on before they even get this. But we just uploaded that. We'll have this. We have another pod to go up. We have a bunch of pods that are coming up. And we've got some videos, too. But it's been like 10 days since we even put a pod up. Almost two weeks. Oh. Kind of feels weird. I'm sorry. Well, all right. And then I'll be announcing a winner for the November. Oh, for the the full Toxideal gear? The full gear. Pack. Awesome, Mm -hmm. man. Uh, They sent in some really good stories about how the CB saved their life. I'm still reading them. Yeah, cool. Well, enjoy yourself with that, Ruth, and I'm glad you get to do that, not me. Um, But other than that, I think we're out of here, right? Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord. Hey, drivers. Ruth Ann here. Pick up the phone and dial 844-292-8999. If you're looking for a company with new all-automatic Kenworth T680s with APUs and fridges, this company offers lease purchase and company positions. Again, dial 844-292-8999.